It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. The president's really ramping up his legal battle across the country. Let's start there in Michigan, though, and try and give you the lay of the land. The Trump campaign's filed a lawsuit there alleging that credentialed election challengers were blocked from having sufficient view of the vote counting process, resulting in ineligible ballots being tallied. One of the workers, ballot workers in Michigan, is now coming forward claiming she witnessed fraud firsthand. Watch. Confronted my boss, and he told me that he doesn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it. He said, it is not our job to be running their election. We are here to assist with IT. In Pennsylvania, the Trump campaign filed five appeals of Philadelphia County's Board of Elections decision to count different categories of mail-in absentee ballots. This is Pennsylvania's Republican state senators announced they're doing a formal review of the election results. Now, out in Arizona, a judge today will hear all arguments regarding a current lawsuit alleging Maricopa County poll workers wrongly rejected votes. And finally, down in Georgia, they're going to be busy. The Secretary of State there announcing a hand recount of every vote with the counting deadline of November 20th. All right, that was not today's story. That was Griff Jenkins from November of this year, not long after the election. Uh, and of course, you know that there was great disturbance in many, many states, many allegations of voter fraud, of mass uh, mailings, of uh, not lack of signatures, of uh, breaking the law, not following uh, election rules. Uh, judges, all of this. Uh, and so it, it continues to whirl. By the way, let me just say that Friday I'm going to do an update on three of those states and what's been happening since that election and how people are dealing with it. And you'll be kind of amazed at how uh, knuckled down many of these star states are to root out what happened in that election and change it for future. But meanwhile, at the top of uh, the ladder in Washington, D.C., uh, the Democrats have introduced two bills one in the House and one in the Senate. They're both called For the People Act. Of course, I'd say like people, as in People's Republic of China. That's what it reminds me of. It would um, mandate nationwide online voter registration, same-day registration, automatic voter registration, unless you, you don't have to request it, uh, legalizing a ballot harvesting, national registration of 16- and 17-year-olds, uh, 16 and 7-year-olds, uh, restoration of felon voting rights, uh, national available of mail-in ballots, and I could go. I could go on and on, but I have a guest, and I don't want to go on because that's just a little touch of it. We talked with uh, Jay Christian Adams about this on Monday. I hope you were listening. If not, that's a good show to listen to. But our own Vice President of AFA Action, who is has his finger on the pulse of what's happening not only in states in terms of legislation, but also in the nation's capital, is Rob Chambers. And uh, he joins me this morning. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Sandy. So you have written an article for AFA Action and try, and 
are encouraging people to step in and contact their legislators. Now, you bring up, we're going to get to how they can do that. You bring up another consideration in H.R. 1. It's such a vast bill, or S.R. 1, either one. It's such a vast bill that we didn't cover everything. The effect on organizations like American Family Association. Explain your concerns. Yeah, absolutely, Sandy. And and by the way, you know this. You know, the the Democrats have named this bill for the People Act. It actually should be for the Democrats and Power Act because uh, that's what this is. Uh, this piece of legislation is set to do. Um, I don't think there's uh, real bipartisan support for this. This is a Democratic uh, bill. But what the concern is here, Sandy and listeners, is that this bill will basically basically uh, force the uh, people who would donate to nonprofit uh, organizations, uh, 501c3s like uh, AFA and and uh, even C4 organizations like uh, AFA Action, it would require, the government would require the disclosure of people who donate uh, to groups like us and to the federal government. And what would happen is uh, the, do- the names of the donors would be on a government website that will be searchable. And uh, so could we use our uh, maybe reason to imagine uh, determine what they might do with that information uh, posted on a public website. We've seen what they did with uh, Josh Hawley when he spoke out against um, the uh, potential uh, election fraud and illegal voting in these states. We saw what they did. They showed up at his house. Uh, he was not there, but his wife was there uh, with with her child. And, uh, and so they were out there uh, basically storming uh, her house and, uh, and and just re- basically intimidating uh, his wife to try to force uh, uh, Senator Hawley to uh, capitulate on his uh, position on the election. You know, I have a story just this morning. I was just grabbing to try to find it, but it's a woman in Pennsylvania who was at the rally in Washington on uh, January 6th. She wasn't at the Capitol, but she went to President Trump's rally. And since that time, she has been stopped at the airport, I believe she said three different times, Mm -hmm. uh, and interrogated. Uh, She was interrogated so long in the first place that she missed her flight, and she just Mm -hmm. thought it was a fluke. And then she was stopped again, and then FBI agents came to her house, and they said that she had been identified by others as someone who had been at the Capitol through facial recognition. That's right. And she laughed. She said, I was not at the Capitol. You have to mm-hmm. show me the picture. And then the FBI agent showed her that. It was obviously someone who looked like her, but it wasn't mm-hmm. her. I mean, my point is, this is getting very serious. And that's I want to underscore what you're saying, Rob, the dangers of revealing the list and names that people to, to donate to American Family Association or any other groups. Yes, so, yeah, and their, their, their desire to do this, and, uh, and evidence would show us that, um, and even like we see in this instance with this uh, facial recognition, I've read of another report of a, of a father and daughter uh, traveling uh, even out of state and uh, being uh, detained by uh, TSA and and uh, questioned multiple times at multiple stops. But uh, yes, it, it, what, oh, because they were at the rally. Uh, yes, well, because I think the the father was there, uh, but uh, yeah. he was not in the Capitol. Yes, yeah, so so it's just it's really frightening. It really is. It really so is frightening. It's, uh, people really need to understand that this is uh, in the alert. I basically said, you know, America can't sustain itself if if this type of uh, legislation goes through. Uh, this bill will basically uh, destroy uh, this, the decentralization of election laws uh, in our country. Basically, it will put all election authority underneath the federal government, and, uh, and so they will be basically micromanaging uh, elections from, from uh, Washington, D.C. Well, and it will establish permanent control by the left. 
Uh, To me, it's never, it hasn't been a party issue for a long time. We have to describe it that way. But this is the radical left. It is their uh, taking over of the country through the election process. That's as simple as that. I mean, if they're going to, you know, uh, let 16 and 17-year-olds vote, uh, they're going to also part of this bill is to uh, lay out reasons why uh, Puerto Rico and uh, the District of Columbia should be added as states. Uh, So, I mean, they're as serious as death about taking complete permanent control of this country. Mm-hmm. And so what are you asking people to do, Rob? Thanks, Sandy. Yes, uh, AFA is asking uh, anyone listening and supporters to go to afa.net. That's afa.net. And there is an action alert there on the home page. And you'll see that. It'll have a picture of, uh, of Nancy Pelosi there. And uh, and we encourage you to click on that link there and send an email to your senators, to your uh, federal senators, federally elected uh, senators in Washington D.C., as well as your representative. Send them uh, send them an email saying, "Hey, uh, not only uh, vote against this, but ask the leadership to uh, table this bill, basically to not even bring it up for a vote." And then uh, to be vocal about in in opposition to this bill, but also if it were to come to a floor vote, to vote against it. But be vocal and uh, and call on leadership to to uh, stand down on this piece of legislation because it is it is totally un-American. Uh, what this is 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 uh, is setting in place is totally unprecedented. There might be some constitutional wiggle room for them for Congress to do that. However, uh, to my understanding, their Congress has never uh, done done anything like this to hijack uh, state elections. No, never. And uh, the states, uh, the, 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 uh, I was talking with some state leaders, and that'll be a discussion that people will hear on Friday. Uh, but they're they're trying to do what they can to stop this in I mean, some it, way, yeah, any way yeah. that they can. It, it is but, it is it is that important. And I appreciate you underscoring yeah. this at the very beginning because it is an incredibly serious uh, issue. And, uh, and, and listeners, I encourage you to go to afa.net, sign that uh, alert, send your, um, your senators and your representative an email, and uh, urging them to take action on this. Okay, now, Rob, let's, be, <clears throat> let's get to nuts and bolts, though, because sure. uh, if they click that link at afa.net and they see Nancy Pelosi's picture and they click, um, do they have to compose their email, or do you have some help for them of some of the things that you just suggested? Yeah, great question, Sandy. So, so what we've done is we've provided uh, text there that's uh, editable uh, for uh, at this point for the uh, sender, and they can uh, read what is already scripted there. They can edit that at, the, at this point, and then if they decide to add something else, uh, like a an introductory paragraph to describe uh, something more in detail, their position and uh, why they would be opposed to this, maybe make a personal note to their uh, senator or uh, senators or representative. Uh, it affords them that opportunity to do that. Yes, yeah, so, and that is really powerful. But bottom line, if you're a busy person and you don't have time to, to come up with your own language on this, but you want to do something, you can. It's there, and it's easy. Go to afa.net, click on Nancy Pelosi's picture, and send that alert. Now, uh, Rob, in the broader question, uh, I, well, this is more nuts and bolts, but we should tell people that uh, – Tell people about AFA alerts and what your policy is and how they can sign up for you for accessing them all the time. Sure, yes. Uh, well, you can go to that same page, afa.net, and you'll see a, a tab there where you can sign up for alerts. Basically, what uh, what AFA uh, does, or one of the things that we do, is basically provide uh, listeners and uh, and supporters that sign up for our email 
alerts uh, what's going on in the culture today. You know, our, our goal and mission is to basically transform culture uh, by advocating a biblical worldview. And so that's what our alerts are centered around is, is to, to redeem culture and uh, to, uh, to uh, oppose the wickedness, the, the things in darkness, basically to reveal things that are going on and, and, and uh, shine the light of biblical truth on what's happening in culture and then asking people to take action. It's a way for people to be salt and light. Yes, and uh, the other thing, just practically speaking, I believe that you have some. Uh, you do not send out multiple like alerts constantly. You right. have a lever on that, right? Right. Yes. I mean, so many, there's so many. Uh, uh, what what AFA has decided to do is we we typically will send uh, two alerts per week. And so unless there's something pressing, we might send three, but some weeks there might be one. So we don't inundate your inbox uh, with just tons of messages. You know, when we send something, it is it is something of meat and substance that uh, that we believe our supporters and uh, listeners uh, would uh, really need to hear and take action on. And more often than not, it's something I'm talking about at this microphone. So that's a good way to, <laughs> to, to t- tie what you hear to what something that you can actually do. Yes. We are almost out of time. Well, so afa.net, afa.net, go and uh, click Nancy Pelosi's lovely picture mm. and, uh, and send your – because it's urgent. It really is urgent, yes. and it's so dangerous. I can't even tell you all what is coming if we turn this over to them. I think we have a good idea because of the election – what just happened? Well, How hey, they rolled over in in so many states? Yes, and and so uh, to to that point, Sandy, is that we go back and look at the twenty twenty general election, and we saw all these states who uh, basically made non legislative changes. Basically, uh, they violated the U.S. Constitution, state statute, and changed election laws to basically uh, make uh, mail in uh, voting legal, to delay absentee uh, voting, uh, to put drop boxes out. Uh, to change signature verification. Look, all these changes that were made illegally would be made legal through this federal change or through yes. these laws. Yeah, no signature verification. Same-day voter registration, no voter ID. Yeah, so it is, it's a frightening prospect, and it really, honestly, we've said before, this is the Republicans really, we're losing our grip. This will be a death blow. Yes. And so we're encouraging you to go to afa.net and weigh in, do your part. There are still things we can do. This yes. is one of them. Rob Chambers, Vice President of AFA Action. Rob, you're doing great work, and thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks, Sandy. Okay, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. When a young mom in crisis is pregnant and not sure what to do, the Ministry of Preborn is there. This young mom was 18 weeks pregnant and was considering an abortion. She talked with the staff and then met her baby on ultrasound. After seeing my baby on the screen and hearing the heartbeat, I realized that's my little baby, and we decided to step up and be parents. Preborn centers lead the nation in providing free ultrasounds and leading young moms to Christ. The staff comfort us and they let us know that it is well with Jesus. And now here I am today. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the nation and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. To learn how you can help save a baby's life, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love 
can save a life. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Elena Kagan, Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Justice Kagan is now in her 11th year serving. Romans 13.1 reminds us of the importance of obeying the law. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Justice Elena Kagan as she serves on our nation's highest court. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2021 prayer journal to help guide you through the year in prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Liberty University is more than just exceptional academic programs, NCAA athletics, and state-of-the-art facilities. They believe in training champions for Christ. They know that where academic excellence and unwavering faith meet, there is liberty. Explore their campus virtually and learn how you can train as a champion for Christ online or on campus by texting TODD to the number 49596. That's TODD to the number 49596. The people for the ethical treatment of animals are very upset with all of you humans accusing you of speciesism. PETA says humans need to stop using supremacist language when insulting other humans. They say calling someone an animal and meaning it as an insult reinforces the idea that humans are superior to other animals, which we are. Instead of calling someone a chicken, for example, PETA wants you to use the word coward. Instead of a snake, say jerk. You can't call anybody a anymore. You have to call them a snitch. And all of you Elvis impersonators, well, you probably ought to steer clear of you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Might trigger the people-eating tasty animals crowd. Last year, PETA caused a national uproar when they said we should stop referring to cats and dogs as our pets. They said it was an insult to Fluffy and Spot. You know, it sounds like the folks in charge of PETA are bird-brained. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. I never intended uh, to run for Congress. Um, I've I've been living a great life uh, running our construction company alongside my husband and raising our three kids. But uh, I'm one of those, one of those, I guess, deplorables, so to speak, that popped out of the basket. Um, you know, I after voting for President Trump in 2016, and the first two years uh, having a Republican-controlled Congress under President Trump, I was really disappointed um, that that Republican-controlled Congress didn't do the things that I know I cared about, just like millions of other Americans that voted for President Trump. They didn't fund our border wall. They did not defund Planned Parenthood. They did not defund sanctuary cities. As a matter of fact, they funded them. And they they didn't repeal Obamacare that took my family's health insurance premium from $800 a month to over $2,400 a month. And so that's really when I started paying attention. And um, I had read about a lot of things. Um, 
I had posted, talked about, uh, talked about on video things that I had had seen on cue. But really, really what made me change my mind is um, as a person that's worked hard all my life, I decided I chose a different path. And that's where I came to the place where I decided to run for Congress because I was so disappointed in seeing Congress fail to do these things that they should be doing for the American people. And, and so I'm excited that I've done that and the good people in Northwest Georgia voted for me overwhelmingly. Um, it was a hard fought race and, and I'm really honored and humbled that they voted for me and um, will be hopefully voting for me again in November uh, so I can go to Congress and work hard to save America and stop socialism. All right, that was Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is under tremendous attack right now in Washington uh, because of views that she has expressed in the past. Uh, The views, as far as I can tell, maybe I should let Jackie Heinrich uh, give her report about it, and she will lay this out, and then I will make the points that I want to make. Let's listen. Surrounded by Republican colleagues in Texas, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy kept the conversation to President Biden's energy policies, avoiding questions over newly elected Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene and the conspiracy theories she espoused. In a rare move, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell nudged McCarthy to act, inserting himself into McCarthy's domain, writing, Looney lies and conspiracy theories are cancer for the Republican Party and our country. Somebody who suggested that perhaps no airplane hit the Pentagon on 9-11, that horrifying school shootings were pre-staged, and that the Clintons crashed JFK Jr.'s airplane is not living in reality. Other Republicans agreeing with the minority leader. I'm a doctor. My whole training is we need to base things on facts. I agree wholeheartedly with what the leader has said. Green claimed this weekend she has the former president's support, and she clapped back after McConnell's statement on Twitter, writing, The real cancer for the Republican Party is weak Republicans who only know how to lose gracefully. This is why we are losing our country. I think I adequately spoke out about how I feel. McConnell's also inserting himself in calls from within the party to oust Representative Liz Cheney from her leadership post after she voted to impeach President Trump last month. Ahead of her sit-down with McCarthy deciding her leadership fate, McConnell endorsed Cheney, writing, Liz Cheney is a leader with deep convictions and the courage to act on them. Now, Democrats are trying to force McCarthy's hand and threatening to strip Green of her committee assignments if McCarthy won't do it himself. If he won't, they will make hay of it in the midterms. Brett. All right. So Jackie Heinrich of Fox News. So let's talk about this. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Green. I don't think there's any doubt that she has uh, liked on Facebook or said things on Facebook that um, most of us would not adhere to. I don't think we believe that no airplane hit the Pentagon in 9-11. Uh, we don't believe the horrifying school shootings were pre-staged or that the Clinton, Clintons crashed JFK's airplane or other things like that. Now, that, that is bizarre, and that's the part of the stuff that goes around on the Internet that people read. Um, uh, QAnon, I don't know as much, except QAnon, as I understand it, uh, it talks about a huge pedophilia ring. I don't know if that's true or not. I Certainly, there there was a strong... There's a strong strain of pedophilia going on. There's no question about that. But to what extent that they've developed that, I don't know. And I said to you yesterday that uh, the left uses these kinds of uh, um, these kinds of really strange ideas that maybe sound like they might make sense, and so many things don't make sense right now. 
uh, to attract people who otherwise don't really, they're not really plugged in, so they don't really know what's going on. They just are reading things, and they see this. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, because things are so out of control, maybe this is true. There's some measure rings true to them. And I think a lot of people have embraced, a lot of really fine people with good minds have embraced some of this stuff, not realizing that sometimes the left uses that, plants these ideas to make them look foolish. They're not foolish. They're not stupid. They just are, they're not in the vortex of D.C. They don't get, uh, you know, a thousand emails in their box every day like I do from people who are closer to issues. Uh, they, they don't have that. They're trying to get their information. So I think a lot of people, uh, I know they, a lot of people have embraced this stuff, not realizing that it's not true. But so she was asked on Fox I, I don't know if this is prior to the election because she was just elected, uh, as she said, Northwest Georgia. Uh, and she responded, I believe this clip is the one where she responds to uh, accusations about her embracing QAnon in particular. And this is 16. I think that's been the, the media's characterization of me. Um, never once during my campaign did I ever speak about uh, QAnon or, or Q. Um, I campaigned, my campaign message the entire time was Save America, Stop Socialism. And that's the message I believe in. Um, I believe very much in America First policies, and I'm a big supporter and defender of President Trump. I believe in securing our border, building, building a wall. Uh, defending life, um, the life lives of the unborn. Um, I also believe in defending our great Second Amendment rights. Uh, I believe in a strong American economy, and I believe in being very careful with Americans' hard-earned tax dollars. Um, th that's what I campaigned on. I also campaigned against socialist policies from the Democrat Party, like the Green New Deal, like Medicare for All, these are policies that would destroy our economy and, and really crush jobs. And so that's what I campaigned on. I campaigned against uh, communist Antifa, uh, Marxist BLM, and I campaigned uh, saying that I'll be a strong uh, conservative woman in Congress working against the radical socialist squad, uh, the women in Congress that I think are truly embracing policies that are harmful for America. Personally, I think that she lays out right there, and then with the opening clip that I played, the real reason why they want to get rid of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, in spite of the things that she may have embraced or liked on Facebook in the past, uh, she obviously, she's a woman who, you know, went into business, successful business with her husband. She's a mother, as she described. Uh, she's not a Liz Cheney who grew up uh, in the home of the former vice president and all the other hats that Dick Cheney uh, war through the years so that she didn't have experience in government and firsthand knowledge of things like Liz has. But what she has in common with Liz Cheney is what Mitch McConnell ha admires about Liz Cheney. He says she has deep convictions. She has deep convictions. Well, so does Marjorie Taylor Greene. She has deep convictions. She just told you what they were. Uh, she's also supported by President Trump. So there are a lot of reasons why uh, to Republican leadership, certainly we know why the Democrats would hate her, right? We know why. I mean, she's speaking out against AOC. Who does that in Congress? She's ready to take them on. So she's like public enemy number one in Congress right now. But also the Republican establishment, this is just, you know, she's a Trump supporter and we need to purge him. And then also she's just, you know, she's like, icky. We don't want to be, we don't want to be associated with type people like 
her. I'll give you an example of that. Um, he, uh, Mitch McConnell has called her a cancer. Well, Mitt Romney uh, had, a, had some words for her, too. Uh, he says, uh, let's see, I think we should have nothing to do with Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I think we should repudiate the things she said and move away from her. Our big tent is not large enough to both accommodate conservatives and kooks. It's important for us to separate ourselves from the people that are the wacky weeds. Now, let me just see. First of all, she's a cancer, according to Mitch McConnell, a cancer. She's a cancer. Not not her ideas. She's a cancer. Uh, Romney, she's a wacky weed. That reminds me very much of a eugenicist named Margaret Sanger, who referred to the black population as human weeds who should be exterminated. She's the founder of Planned Parenthood. See, it's dehumanizing people that makes it possible then for destruction to take place. She's, after all, just a wacky weed. She's a cancer, says Mitch McConnell. Uh, He says it, you know, with all of the gravitas of the leader, uh, she's a cancer. Now, he, on the other hand, is a, you know, a knight in shining armor with all the interests of China he has and all the ways he undermined the president who was actually trying to save the country. And he knew exactly what was coming in afterwards in his place. And But he's a knight in shining army, armor. Okay, so, um, so Marjorie Taylor Greene, my knee-jerk reaction is to absolutely support her because I just heard what she said she supports. Uh, and even though she may have been impolitic in the past, I'm assuming it's the past, about embracing things that were not quite right, there were conspiracy theories, they were, uh, I, I would not say she's a weed or a cancer. I'd say she was on the learning curve. It sounds like she's learned very well. So, um, But let me talk about Mitt Romney. Let's see. Wacky weeds. What did she say? He said uh, conservatives and kooks. These... Uh, what other ideas? They had a word for her ideas. We just don't want people with, you know, those wacky, wacky weed ideas. And I, I just wondered if Mitt is talking about people who believe that they are going to be gods and have their own planet. Because Mitt Romney, as a Mormon elder, that's what he believes. He believes that male Mormons will become gods and have their own planet. Well, that's, I guess we should do a litmus test of what everyone in Congress believes. And then if it doesn't conform to our whatever the popular word on the street is, they should all be exercised. They should be removed. But the point is that Mitt Romney was elected by Mormons of Utah who embrace his beliefs as well to represent them, and he does. And Marjorie Taylor Greene was elected by the people of Georgia to represent them, and she will. It is none of their business uh, to attack and destroy her. She's a freshman. She doesn't have all the, the backing. You know, she doesn't have, certainly have the backing of the party. Uh, so, and then, of course, there are people like um, the, uh, some, of the G, uh, some of the Freedom Caucus guys and conservatives are saying, all right, you want to mo- remove uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene from all of the positions she has now, the committee assignments? Well, then let's talk about uh, Ilhan Omar, who is anti-Semitic, who threatens people all the time, who has done, who has appeared with Islamic radicals. Uh, how about, I'll go further, how about AOC, 
who has accused Ted Cruz and uh, Josh Hawley of uh, trying to kill her. Well, that's kind of wacky. Isn't that kind of wacky? Why? I think they should be removed, too. Well, the point is, uh, first of all, they don't have a right to do that. How dare they dehumanize someone? They can disagree with her, but to dehumanize her in that way is appalling to me. It's appalling. Uh, And it tells you a lot about those men. Maybe some things we didn't even know in the beginning. By the way, speaking of AOC, uh, I... I hardly talk about her because it's so ridiculous. It's such a waste of time. She is a radical leftist, but she's also now very, very unstable emotionally. Uh, she just, you know, accused, like I said, Ted Cruz of an attempt trying to kill her. So here she is. She's gone on and on about her experience during the Capitol riots and how she almost died. Uh, and so I'll give you a little, so she's now, you know, she has more to say. Let's just clip four. Let's listen to at least a little bit of it. Yells of these men or just this, a man, just one man going, where is she? Where is she? I start to look through the door hinge to see if I can see anything. And there's like a door here and there's like another door here. So I'm like, I'm like trying to look through do- two door hinges. Um, and so I look through this door hinge and I see this um, white man in a black beanie um, bump, just like open the door of my personal office and come inside the personal office. All right, I'm going to interrupt her right now. She goes, where is she? Okay, so it turns out he's a policeman. That's her story. She goes on, he's in the police, but it scared her, it scared her. She thought she was going to die. It It reminded her of her sexual abuse in the past. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is... Um, this is a sign of instability. Good heavens. Reminds me of a situation that happened to me when I was like 10 years old, uh, where a cousin of mine and I were left a home alone in California in this, my uncle, my dad's twin brother's big home. And our parents went out for a couple of hours and we uh, got, we thought we heard a noise and we got beside ourselves. We were hysterical. Uh, I, it was, it's, but I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old then. Uh, surely she's had more life experiences than to regard this as uh, somebody trying to kill her. It was a policeman. And the people that broke into the Capitol, uh, they weren't, it was, look, I'm not saying there was no threat from people. I'm just saying this is imbalanced. This is unbalanced. And so yet she serves on all these important committees. There's no question about how qualified she is. But they want to tell us that Marjorie Taylor Greene is a cancer and a weed? Really? Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. It was a bad move. Target invited men who say they feel like women into restrooms and changing areas designated for women. They probably guessed other retailers would follow their lead, but they were wrong. Others saw that bandwagon was headed in the wrong direction. We're not ready to sacrifice the safety of women and children for the sake of progressive bathroom policies. Invite Target to make a better move. Sign the Boycott Target Pledge at AFA.net. 
American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to the World Health Organization, abortion was the leading cause of death worldwide in 2018. As of December 31st, 2018, 41.9 million babies were murdered in the womb. That's more than the 8.2 million people who died from cancer, more than the 5 million who died from smoking, and more than the 1.7 million who died from HIV-AIDS in 2018 globally combined. Thomas Jefferson once said, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. Lord, please strengthen us to abolish this wickedness. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with the Life and Liberty Minute. One of the great lies of Satan is that transgenderism is harmless, but a column posted on the Partners for Ethical Care website proves it's not. It's written by a trans widow whose husband ghosted her and her three young children. They were left homeless. Counselors told them to set their own feelings aside so their father's feelings wouldn't get hurt. One child slept on a wet pillow for years after silently crying himself to sleep so as not to worry his mom. All three children suffered from suicidal ideation. They would put their heads down on their desks and cry any time their school had father-child activities. They could not look at their father without feeling pain. One son wishes his father had died before he transitioned. Transgenderism is devastating. Don't let anybody tell you something different. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute of President Biden's many problematic initiatives aimed at nullifying the Trump legacy. His rebooting of U.S. Middle East policy is particularly ominous. Its hallmarks are promoting the Palestinians over Israel, dissing the United Arab Emirates that made peace with the Jewish state, and worst of all, reverting to the Obama-era appeasement of Iran. Specifically, Team Biden wants to rejoin the Iran nuclear accord that President Trump famously derided as, quote, the stupidest deal of all time, unquote. Having thus entered the bazaar, it should be no surprise that the mullahs are now inflating the price of letting us back into an unverifiable agreement that ensures they will get the bomb. There's only one way to prevent the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism from obtaining the world's most dangerous weapons. Help the Iranian people remove from power the regime that brutally represses them and threatens us. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Already issued a number of executive orders um, on areas that we as a company really care uh, quite deeply about. But there has been quite a lot of disquiet expressed by many leaders around the world, from the president of Mexico to 
Alex Navalny in Russia, the Chancellor Angela Merkel, and others saying, well, this shows that private companies have got too much power and they should be only making these decisions in a way that is framed by democratically uh, agreed rules. We agree with that. We agree with that. Mark would be very clear about that, that ideally we wouldn't be taking these decisions on our own. We would be taking these decisions in line with and in conformity with democratically uh, uh, agreed uh, rules and principles. Um, and at the moment, those democratically, elect, uh, democratically agreed rules don't exist. We still have to take decisions in real time. We have a system that uh, is able to freeze commenting on threads in cases where our systems are uh, detecting that there may be a thread that has hate speech or violence sort of in the comments. These are all things we've built over the past three, four years as part of our investments into the integrity space or efforts to protect elections. I wonder whether or not we can use Oculus to help a white police officer understand what it feels like to be a young black man who's stopped and searched and arrested by the police. And I want every major decision to run through a civil rights lens. I think that these were, were all important and positive steps. And um, I, I am looking forward uh, to, to opportunities where Facebook is gonna be able to work together uh, with this new administration um, on some of their top priorities, starting uh, with the COVID response. All right, so that was a uh, undercover video from uh, Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, and that was Mark Zuckerberg and part of his team talking about what they're doing to you, how they're uh, you know manipulating data, and how they like Joe Biden. Uh, and Mark actually said a lot more than was in that clip about how he liked the policies that he, uh, Joe Biden has instituted with his executive orders, how wonderful they are, and how they're going to you know now they're going to cooperate and you know help them with the things that they agree on, which is sounds like most everything. So. That's a problem, ladies and gentlemen. We know it is. We know it has been. We know that uh, Facebook and Twitter and Google and all of them are a cabal of uh, left-wing controllers, and they're getting stronger and stronger, and there's nothing to restrain them now, except now there is, because enter Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, who yesterday announced some incredible uh, initiatives, punishment for big tech companies like Facebook, Twitter, and Google if they violate the privacy of Floridians and interfere with citizens' access to candidates during an election. They're planning on fining these companies up to $100,000 a day for violations. He also talks about how they are limiting people's, they're cutting them off financially with their organizations. There's a whole laundry list of the things that Ron DeSantis is proposing to protect Florida residents. It's really jaw-dropping. And by the way, it's uh, you can read it in the Epic Times, Florida Governor DeSantis to penalize big tech companies for unlawful practices. It's actually, he was on with Tucker last night, and there was quite a long discussion. But um, God bless Ron DeSantis. Uh, he's just uh, hanging in there, and that's why so many people are moving to Florida, I think, right now. So, so uh, well, what are the consequences? Uh, you already know what the consequences are when these big tech companies have so much control. I mean, just yesterday we posted a, an article by Daniel Horowitz, which I referenced about an, a Norwegian study that shows how horrible it is now for children not being in school and also for forcing them to wear masks. The study shows about the detrimental effect, the suicide rate that's gone up, skyrocketed really, in the United States uh, from children, even children, not just adults, but children. 
And uh, but that I put that we put that on Facebook, and of course, uh, in, in its place right away, it said uh, this site posts things on COVID nineteen, but for the real truth, you know, click this. So it's uh, it's mind control, and uh, there I, I yeah. So you know that right? All right. So let me tell you about a couple other things that's happening. Uh, Facebook uses Politifact uh, as their uh, well, it's one of their big sources for truth. For truth, you wouldn't know truth. They, they're so concerned about only telling you the truth. And I talked to you a little bit yesterday about uh, John Sullivan, who is uh, an Antifa Black Lives Matter supporter, who uh, has, is on, we have a video, I played it for you, of him uh, inciting revolution. Uh, he's real excited about that. So he was arrested at the Capitol inside. And you've seen videos of it. There's lots of videos of him there. He was right there when um, the woman was killed by the Capitol Police. He was standing right there. So he said he was there as a journalist, and he has been arrested, but then he was released right away. I talked to you yesterday about how he, uh, the word is from Utah that he's been breaking his the, his agreement on how he's been released. Uh, the Justice Department decided not to detain him because, you know, after John is just a nice guy. So uh, he has an organization, and I told you yesterday that it had been uh, purged uh, and switched to show that he was a critic of Black Lives Matter and Antifa and that he only wanted to speak the truth uh, and all the vile things that he had on his uh, Facebook page before that are now gone. But uh, further than that, this is an article this morning by James Agresti. It's amazing. So I'm going to spend a few minutes with you on this if I could. Yeah, the title is PolitiFact Warps Reality About Left-Wing Activist Inciting Capital Riot. Now, John is not just anyone. He is a leader. I don't know if he is an official leader of Antifa, but I suspect it might be so, or Black Lives Matter. He is black. Uh, so uh, let me read this. A PolitiFact article written by Bill McCarthy declares, there's no proof that a left-wing anti-Trump activist named John Sullivan incited rioting at the U.S. Capitol. As a result of this claim, Facebook flagged and reduced distribution of a post which accused Sullivan of doing so. However, video footage indisputably proves that Sullivan encouraged people to storm and vandalize the Capitol. This is me. So do you think it's possible that there were people inciting violence and riots and people to go in? We've speculated about that, but it sounds like, oh, gee, it might have been John Sullivan. I'll read further, just as one of them. I'm sure there were many. So he was, because of the video footage, he was arrested and charged with violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds and interfering with law enforcement during the riot. But uh, PolitiFact updated its article twice, but has not changed its conclusion despite overwhelming evidence. And then uh, James Agresti goes into the evidence. Facebook post targeted by PolitiFact states that anti-Trump founder of radical left-wing group, his group is Insurgents USA, John Sullivan, incited insurgents of U.S. Capitol. But PolitiFact proclaims there's no evidence that he incited the violence himself or led the charge into the Capitol. And their evidence that they cite to is a photojournalist whose name is Jade Sacker. He said he was with him all day. He did nothing of a kind. And this photojournalist, Jade Sacker, has worked for NBC and NPR. We don't know who he was working for that day, but 
We know from videotape that he was right there with John Sullivan. And according to Jade Sacker, John didn't do any of those things. And so PolitiFact is claiming it's not true. However, law enforcement obtained videos from Sullivan that show him provoking and participating in the riot. As such, the FBI sought and granted a warrant to arrest him. And here's the affidavit, David, and other video footage. Are you ready? This is a Sullivan, according to the affidavit, yelled through a megaphone outside the Capitol. Get in that blank. Let's go. Let's go. Move. 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 Storm that blank. This blank is ours. This is our blanking house. He wore a ballistic vest and gas mask as he entered the Capitol and declared, Let's burn this blank down. We got to get this blank burned. It's our house, blanker blankers. Pointed his camera at the door and said, Why don't we go in there? After someone hit the door, Sullivan said, That's why I'm saying, break that blank. Then the next allegation, he broke a window and said, I broke it. My bad. My apologies. But he broke it. Well, they already broke a window. I didn't know I hit it that hard. No one got that on camera. He joined a crowd of rioters that was trying to break through a door and said, I have a knife. Let me through. I have a knife. Okay, so other videos show that the journalist, photojournalist, who's worked for NBC and NPR, Jade Sacker, who says, John, oh, John didn't do any of that. He, he did not incite rioting. He was, I was with him. We, we were just there to take pictures. So Jade Zacker, unfortunately, is on video, um, was complicit in the plan. Sullivan's video shows Sacker, Jade Sacker, and John Sullivan inside the Capitol saying to each other, I'm sorry, this is tedious, but I want you to hear it. Sacker, I'll give you your hug now. We did it. Sullivan, laugh. Sacker, you were right, we did it. Sullivan, dude, I was trying to tell you. I couldn't say much. Sacker, you were right, and they laugh. Sullivan, you just have to watch my chat. Sacker, oh my, name of the Lord. Sullivan, is this not going to be the best film you've ever made in your life? Sacker, yeah, unintelligible. Sullivan, nah, you got to give me a real kiss for that blank. Sacker, that's it. Sullivan, blank, yeah. Sacker, blank, yeah. Sullivan, blank, yeah. Then realizing that they were incriminating themselves, they said, Sacker, wait, you weren't recording, were you? Sullivan, I'll delete that blank after, but I didn't record you or me. We're just voices. So um, faced with those facts, PolitiFact updated its original article two separate times to include more detail from the video and the FBI affidavit, yet deceitfully ignored the vast bulk of damning content, summarized the footage by saying it doesn't show Sullivan clearly engaged in violence or leading the run-up to the Capitol, insists there's no proof that Sullivan incited insurgents. uh, And then I want to add this one last part. This is important because people keep accusing Trump supporters of leading that. I think that's an abject lie. Now, there may been some of the guys who are more military who did some things. I, I don't know. I mean, that's very possible. But it is absolutely now verifiable that Antifa Black Lives Matter supporters were inciting. And let me read further to make that point. PolitiFact goes to great lengths to distance Sullivan from Antifa. This enables PolitiFact to salvage an article. Maybe he means 
Savage, I'm not sure, an article that is published the day before which claims there's no oh, salvage, credible evidence that the crowd that stormed the Capitol was infiltrated or led by Antifa activists in disguise. But PolitiFact even acknowledges that Sullivan's Twitter accounts have frequently used hashtag Antifa and that the cover photo for one of his accounts advertised on January 6th, Insurgents USA, even to blank kick these fascists out of D.C. Despite this explicit evidence, PolitiFact reports that Sullivan denied any affiliation with Antifa, as if a formal organization issued membership cards. Sullivan's actions also accord with a sympathetic profile of Antifa in the Nation magazine. Anyway, it's a long article. It's actually very good. But I wanted you to know what the evidence really is that I we believe that John, I don't think there's, look, I don't know. Like the uh, John James just observed in this in his article, uh, there's no membership card for Antifa, but if it looks like one, addresses like one, uh, cheers like one, uh, uh, advertises a rally like one, wears the equipment and trappings of one, uh, and incites violence and revolution, it's certainly he certainly is in concert with all that they believe. He's he, you just heard he broke a window. Uh, he said, let's go in, let's burn this, you know, blank down. That's exactly what Antifa says. So, uh, yeah, so I just wanted you to know that. And so Facebook is using them, of course, as their uh, arbiter of truth. And that's why it's so bogus. And that's why we need to get off Facebook. And yes, I will, I know. I will in time. Adam, I'm tasking you again to help me. We've got to figure out where we're going to go. There are some choices. Uh, but uh, we have to make them quickly, and we will do that. And when we do that, we will tell you and bring you with us, okay? Uh, so we're going to circle around these, these uh, really, these, I'm not so much sure to call them. I can't think of it. These totalitarians, uh, left-wing totalitarians who control our lives through social media. It has to stop. All right, well, nevertheless, I know. I, I do trust God. I still trust God. I would just sit, you were, I heard um, Bishop Jackson before we came on in that. He said, Jesus is still on the throne. He's still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I shouted amen in that moment. And I'm going to remind you uh, that it is absolutely true. So we just fasten our seatbelts and here we go to the next day. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.